Unlocking the Cage is recorded live on Twitch Sunday nights at 5 p.m. Pacific at Manager's Comedy. Tune in to chat and share your opinions and help us unlock the cage. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. Whether he's removing his face or on a criminal plane or a historical chase, we love Nicholas Cage. Star of screen and stage, gonna watch him all day while he's a screaming with rage, cause we're unlocking the cage. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Unlocking the Cage. Chris, how you doing? Heyo. Chris would like me to tell you that no one can hear hear you right now. No one can hear Chris right now. You guys can't hear Chris right now. He's talking. I'm sure you figured this out for yourself. It wouldn't be another okay. episode of Unlocking the Cage. Now, that's a minor technical difficulty. I got a new desk, and I fucked it all up, and I had to set everything up again. So now we're back. Now you can hear me, hopefully. We're back. Audience, yeah. can you confirm? Let's see. Keep our one Keep viewer, maybe. Anyway, this is Unlocking the Cage. We are a podcast devoted to watching every single Nicolas Cage movie and ranking it. Um, we record live on Twitch on Sundays, 5 p.m. Pacific time at twitch.tv slash managers comedy. Uh, if you're listening to this podcast form and want to watch an old episode, check us out on youtube.com slash managers comedy. I'm Meg. This is my co-host, Chris. Hello. Chris, how's you, how are you doing? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Having a good day. I had a nice... Uh, beet salad today so my poops will be red later and i know i know not to be alarmed because beets chris no i learned that the hard way you were there i cried so much (laughs) i thought it was a golden beet salad it was both it had both the golden so now both ends are going to be red because the golden side too oh no oh uh, I'm gonna make, hey, I'm gonna make ask, our, I'm gonna make our guest the co-host now. Don't ask me what happens when you eat a golden beet salad. That beats me. <laughs> Wait, soundboard, 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 oh, soundboard, soundboard, soundboard. I got it. Thank you. All right, that's actually more appropriate. All right, enough fucking around. So down. we're here today to talk about the movie Bringing Out the Dead. Um, we uh, just checking in with our movie count right now. I it's up to thirty three movies for me and forty one for Chris. So that's a that's a lot of movies we've watched. Oh boy, this is our thirty first movie. We're a lot we're of ranking. life we've lost. I know, but haven't we all? All right, let's bring out our guest because uh, hopefully he's not going to make poop jokes and gross us all out like you like someone i know this is our friend what i said a poop never mind let's go (laughs) let's just move on move on move on meg our guest our good friend comedian and actor rob lamoth straight from boston bring him out chris rob hey bobby (laughs) mr bobby himself Problem Great off. to be here. I'm just happy to keep this show moving smoothly. So I have a special treat for you guys to get into the uh, oh bowel movements to get into the spirit. I have a little set change for us today. Ooh! Oh, nice! Yes. Ah. Uh, for those listening, listening on audio only, we are now riding in an ambulance <laughs> with a, a red filter. A red filter on, so it looks like uh, Rob is driving, Chris is the passenger, and I'm the guy in the back, I guess, poking my head out. <laughs> or maybe I'm, I'm I'm sitting I'm the I'm the, the sitting in the the middle seat there. <laughs> um, so let's let's talk. About, no, keep it, keep it, Chris. Okay. Oh, rules. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That is, right, that is awesome. Red 
Uh, <laughs> let's talk about this movie. So, Rob, tell me about why, because this was a movie that you picked yourself, and I think you picked pretty early on. So you had a lot of options. Like, I I would not be surprised. I think you had many options. So tell me, why did you pick this one? I saw it in college, and I thought it was super cool. Um, it was... Like I'm a I'm a bit of a Paul Schrader nerd, so I was like, wait, Nick Cage, in a Martin direct Martin Scorsese directed and Paul Schrader written movie. I said, like, that sounds pretty awesome. And then I like I watched it in college. I was like, yeah, that was pretty great. And then I didn't think about it again until you guys brought this up. And I'm like, wait a second, I remember that movie. <laughs> and thinking of all like the you know, turning hard into the cage verse, um, like all of the, the manic, crazy, weird stuff. I was like, man, I want to, I want to talk about this one again. I want to, I want to think about this movie because I do, uh, I, I enjoyed it when I first saw it. What's, uh, what's your favorite Paul Schrader movie? I mean, Raging Bull's pretty outstanding. He co-wrote that screenplay. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was like one of the four, um, movies. That was one of the four screenplays that he had directed by Scorsese, um, which was pretty great. So I, I, I like that one better than Taxi Driver. Um, but this one, I mean, they're all solid. You know, they did, uh, so they did Taxi Driver, uh, Bringing Out the Dead, Raging Bull, and um, oh, I always forget the fourth one. I'll think of it later. But it's it, it's really it's it's really just a really awesome uh, artistic partnership. I I just want to say I'm looking at Paul Schrader's. Uh, Thank you, Brendan. Filmography. Ah, last time to Yep. yep. Uh, looking at Paul Schrader's filmography, I have not seen a single Paul Schrader movie until this movie. None. None of these movies. <laughs> not a single one. And he's also directed a lot of stuff, too. Um, I haven't seen any of those either. Yeah. Literally yeah. none. <laughs> I have seen Martin Scorsese movies, but nothing nothing by him. So uh, so here we are. Hero? <laughs> is Hero the name? Oh, is Hero the name of the movie, or is Hero... Is that the one with... um? The guy, the the homeless guy who saves the lady's life, and then it turns out was. I think he's calling me a hero. Oh, okay, yeah. never mind. For, mm-hmm. for my, that's that's how I'm choosing to. We're a hero. Not wasting, lot, but... not wasting your time watching these crap Paul Schrader scripts. <laughs> he's clarifying. No, he's calling Paul Schrader okay, a hero. Then, okay, never mind. Never mind. And I'm the villain in this story. Anyway, let's <laughs> let's talk about this movie. So, um. Here's just a little background on it. Uh, it was it's from 1999, uh, and it was a box office flop. It was directed. It was made for 32 million, but only made 16 million, um, so not very well received. Uh, one of the only Martin Scorsese movies from the 90s not to get any Oscar nominations, I believe. Um, like, yeah, yep, that's true. And uh, so kind of mixed critical reviews uh it got 72 percent of rotten tomatoes however roger ebert gave it four stars so do with that what you will uh so yeah so it's a uh and and brendan who is watching has told me this is his least favorite scorsese movie so that's saying a lot <laughs> you know what's uh, weird about those roger ebert ratings they 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 do some revisionist history and Roger E. Everyone that mentions in, the, in this era of the '90s, it was Siskel and Ebert, and they were using the thumbs up, thumbs up convention. What is this mm. Roger Ebert stars bullshit? I mean, I know Siskel died, mm-hmm. but we don't have to erase the thumbs up from history. <laughs> it's it's you, you. The difference here, Chris, is as as a big Roger Ebert fan, is that he was doing a column as well as the the show, right? Like, so he. I don't read. <laughs> You're like I don't believe this. <laughs> 
Um, I don't see it on screen. It didn't exist. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, so that that's the background on this movie. So, Chris, you had never seen this movie, right? Never. Did you know that it existed or yes, anything about it? I remember it? the preview, the, the commercials and the previews for this movie and seeing it and be like, well, it looks like a crazy one, but I never watched it. Okay. <laughs> yeah, and I had, I had heard of it and knew nothing about it. Literally, literally nothing about it uh, other than maybe there was like some medical element from seeing the poster. Um, it, it aged really well, I will say, for movies. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. It, it held up. Like, I, this is like, oh, this could be a contemporary movie. I mean, except for the, you know, setting. Mm-hmm. As, as we as we learn it is set in the 1990s in new york city in the title card yeah <laughs> early 90s. 90s new york city yes it's early 90s new york city there's the year um but so uh yeah so i mean i'm going into this so uh i'm gonna yeah so chris and i were really dreading this one for whatever reason i wasn't dreading uh, this one I will not be looking. You were excited because you wanted to just chat with Rob, but like yeah. the movie itself, you were like, "No, we gotta I, watch." I think it was more like the fact that we like quarantine is over and we have to sit inside and watch a movie. <laughs> not that this movie is going to be bad. Quarantine is over and you're still making me do this. God, we still have to do this podcast. <laughs> I just love and respect you too much, <laughs> and I hate it. <laughs> But I, I think I think I was well. I know that for one, Chris, you wanted to watch this earlier in the day because you you know knew that it was going to be a little disturbing, and mm. I think that's true. It certainly was. I was not looking forward to this movie, which is part of the reason that I scheduled you, Rob, so late. Like because I was just like, this movie's probably going to be super serious and like kind of a downer, and like I kind of wanted to focus on like the fun ones. But I I was wrong because well, I, like this I mean, movie. I mean, to look at the trailer, that's kind of uh, I think that's a pretty. It seemed accurate. Yeah. <laughs> and there was enough depressing stuff going on. So yeah, I'd want to push it back too. <laughs> so I, I love this movie for one reason and one reason alone. Ving Rames was mm. incredibly watchable in this film. Uh, I put down at least three times in my notes, Ving Rames, Ving, Ving Rames is the man. <laughs> Just... <laughs> and this is I a, hope we have some good clips of him. The oh, follow up yeah. the follow up of of his performance with Nick Cage in Con Air. Yeah. Is this film? <laughs> <laughs> it's such an arc that they went through. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's just amazing. <laughs> you know, he got his life together. He stopped murdering people and he started saving lives. Found, yep. found God. <laughs> yep. Yeah. That was the biggest part. Unfortunately, Cage, so, oh. Cage lost yeah. his wife and child, though, and he became an ambulance driver. This could be the continuation mm-hmm. of that. It really could. Absolutely. Easily. Easily. And like, it's like, oh, you're with Marcus tonight. It's like, oh, God. It's like, what, what's your problem with Marcus? It's like, we just got a history, man. Yeah. It's, it's weird. Like, I don't know. It's like, literally, uh, you know what this is? They're going to have to have a third one, but it's going to have to be on a train so they can call it the Plane, Trains, and Automobiles trilogy. Oh, my God. <laughs> Rob, that's a genius idea. <laughs> All of Megan's dumbfounded. No. <laughs> Yes, I am. I just I am not quick enough on the on the sound horns sound board. I was like, I was like air horn air horn. Um, no, that's it's a very good point. You're right because they are. It is super um, transportation focused. Uh, mm-hmm. That's there. <laughs> that's how they get along. I mean, Amtrak should definitely hire them as spokes as spokespeople. It'd be great. And then and also, uh-huh. I, I was just gonna say, I feel like it's the 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 uh, Con Air is a movie with so many over the top characters. But both of them are so much crazier in this movie than they were yeah. in Connor. 
and and uh the funny thing uh with uh how um oh god what was i trying to say the, the when he says oh my mom was a nurse and my dad was a bus driver so you know <laughs> yeah like that's how i became an ambulance driver <laughs> What what would you guys be if uh, if that's how uh, careers were determined? Oh, wow. oh my gosh, I would be an um, army army medic because my mom was a nurse, my dad was a, a military guy. That works. Yeah, I would be a um, um, I would be a flower salesman because my mom is an aromatherapist and my dad's a salesperson. That's lovely. Hmm? I would be a tax accountant because my <laughs> mom was an accountant and my. Dad, oh, sorry, a tax lawyer. My my mom was an accountant, and my dad's lawyer. So not very Man. far off from your the current only job. Very white collar. True. Very white collar in the Meg household. <laughs> uh, Stanford, Connecticut. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, so uh, this movie, yeah. So I was I was definitely dreading this. I. Uh, how, like really enjoyed watching it. I didn't find it. Uh, maybe it's just because our, our bar has been so low recently. I was just like, the, like these people are acting professional. Like these are people who are acting in a convincing manner. Someone, I believe. Yeah, someone is trying to say something with this film. <laughs> it's not just thrown together trash. This is a, a well-written movie. Uh, <laughs> there's nothing like super offensive about it like if like i mean just like look i'm looking at like the recent movies we've done um like we watched uh, kick ass and season of the witch and ghost rider and rage and like i don't know these are these are bad bad movies right these are i mean these are like written on the back of a waffle house napkin screenplays <laughs> And I think the, for the most part, all that Nicolas Cage accepts now on the 20th, 21st century, it's like, send it to me. I want to see the grease stains and I want to see that you, you know, tipped your waitress well, and uh, then we'll go make a film. I, I do think we, we would be remiss though, if we didn't mention that there is a major Nicolas Cage news this week, speaking of uh, new, new Nicolas Cage movies. Yep. Okay. Uh, there's a, a new movie coming out called Pig. Have you heard about this, Rob? No. Let us tell you about oh, it. Because... Please do. <laughs> Maybe we need to watch the pig preview and have a little hot take about it right now. I'm I mean, down if you are. All right. Let me, let me get that together. All right. We'll, we'll, we'll loop back on that. Yeah, we'll loop back. We'll loop back. Uh, in the meantime, Rob, tell me about it. So for, for our movie, uh, what, how did this compare watching it now versus when you originally watched it? Um, well, drunken, flighty college Rob um, definitely missed a whole lot in this film. Uh, the first time he saw it and <laughs> there's definitely um it, it was more fun I, I would actually say it was more fun now um because like most college boys um was deep into my hunter s thompson phase and so that was just you know coloring everything i was watching um but now i could actually appreciate the way that scorsese made this movie um the camera how it like changes the way that like just like little simple tricks to kind of you know um, invert things or make everything seem cockeyed or slanted um, as the movie goes on to just kind of help show everybody, you know, this guy's going off the rails, this guy's going crazy. Um, but I definitely, I enjoyed it more now. I think I can appreciate it a lot better than I could back then. There's a lot of weird camera stuff. There's a, I don't know if you caught this. There's one scene like right, like pretty early on when he's talking to Patricia Arquette in the hospital 
and they're talking and then like they just stop talking and then we just see her face from a couple different angles like kind of flash and then it goes and like nothing like that has happened in the entire movie at that point mm-hmm. and it doesn't make sense in the scene it's really it looks like a mistake i i uh, i don't know if you noticed that it was really subtle no i know i didn't even notice it but it's i mean i don't know maybe they're trying to do a little triptych of her it's yeah yeah it was it was I, it was weird um so let's uh maybe chris why don't we do that we can do this at the end so uh we'll, we'll just keep talking about the movie and then we'll have a little postscript where we watch the trailer so stay <laughs> stay tuned for that and um yeah let's just dig into it so i was thinking like the first kind of three ways that this is organized obviously is the three different shifts that he's on with the three different partners with john goodman ving rames and tom sizemore um, yeah so i kind of saw it as like like there's like almost i don't know maybe like almost like kind of like a metaphor for a drug trip in some way i don't know okay so like john goodman is like the beginning where like you know like this is like normal like john goodman was kind of like normal life this <laughs> is right and then ving rames is like a really crazy high like things are good and then like tom sizemore is like the coming down and the dark side of it like they, when things start dark so like that arc yeah Who no was, exactly i mean they all had they all had their own individual greatness uh you know but does it my favorite i will say it was ving rames does anyone have a, a different opinion on that one Absolutely. Nope. <laughs> John Goodman had some good moments, though, especially when he woke him up and he just immediately starts driving the car off the dock. He's like, it's the water. <laughs> it's the water. Turn around. Turn, turn around. around. <laughs> it's like oh. so – I love it when, like, how mad – like, there was this beautiful moment. Like, you could tell they just, like, kind of set the camera and then he – because they're talking about getting food. He's like, five minutes, man. Five minutes until we're going like, to – we got to get to the Chinese restaurant before they close. And then it's just like you're sitting waiting, and he just snaps too. He's like, "Oh, he's like, oh no, oh, I had beef lo mein last night. I can't have the same." Thing I remember that it's like super quiet, and then also he's like, "Oh no!" It's like, "What the?" <laughs> you're thinking you're like, "Oh God, I like left a piece of equipment in a guy or something like that. Yeah. I didn't tell them about it, or oh, oh, we're out of like adrenaline in the back. No, we're screwed. If like if if we need that, no, my dinner." <laughs> He's very food focused. That was that was definitely a yeah. the good natured and food focused. And Cage yep. does not eat the whole movie. Yeah, <laughs> just gets sicker he and just sicker. Just drinks coffee and booze. <laughs> he even has a pizza in front of him. He just closes it and hands it to somebody else. It's just like ah, uh, like he's so close too. Like he wants to have a meal with uh, Patricia Arquette. He really wants to like sit down. Like she's like his angel in the movie. He wants to like you know break bread, you know, start a, you know, start a relationship. And it's like, it almost happens. They almost, she has a slice of pizza and she's just kind of like not interested in it. And he's just like, Oh, well, never mind. I guess I don't need to eat <laughs> after all. <laughs> just fuel myself with shots from the back of the ambulance. <laughs> I love it too. Like in the, okay, we'll, we'll, we'll stick with Goodman. It's the, like when they're kind of, as they go around and Goodman's like, oh, I don't want to do this, blah, blah, blah. Oh, it's just like, it's always such a hassle. It's, you know, each guy has like the thing that they like to do and the thing that they don't like to do. And Goodman's just kind of like, come on, just, just pick up the phone. Come on. What's the problem? Just pick up the phone. <laughs> like, yeah. And it's still like, and you can see like Cage is just kind of wheezing in there. Like, okay, we'll do this. We won't do this. We'll try this. We won't try this. But it, very early on, it's just kind of like, no, it's the job. You, you just pick up the thing and you answer it and you go to the call. Like, that's it. Yeah. Even if you have this stinky fellow that you have to deal yeah, with. Yeah, Mr. Rowe. It is. Mr. Rowe. Yeah, Mr. Rowe. Guy. 
Out of the four EMTs that we see, I think John Goodman is the best one. Would you guys agree? Yeah. Yeah. And the he, one you'd yeah. most like to get <laughs> picked up by. And he's like, he's yeah. I'm that... oh, sorry. No, no. He's the one that's actually like, you see him do some work, you know, some actual EMT work. The other guys, it's kind of like interspersed or like you have to imagine, you know, <laughs> as they've loaded somebody in or they just roll them, roll them in on the stretchers. And he's like talking about like, oh yeah, I'm going to get my captain's certificate and I'm going to start my own practice on Staten Island and all this other stuff. He's like, you know, he has an you know ideas for the future. He's not completely miserable with his life. He's got kids, yeah. stuff like mm -hmm. that. And I do want to point out that this is not the first John Goodman Cage movie uh, that we've seen because he's in Raising Arizona. Yep, of course. Um, and one could say this is also a continuation of that where he plays a criminal. Now he's, John Goodman's turned his life around. Now he uh, yeah. is devoted to his career as an ambulance driver. <laughs> oh my God. So like, uh, all right, there's the the one thing that that's a through line and that happens really early in the movie we got to talk about is Martin Scorsese as a dispatcher on the. Oh my god! Thing. Yeah. So good. <laughs> oh man. Gentlemen, you're, you're like, I just love the way he puts it up too because there's so much of that like, um, for the hospital staff, for the ambulance drivers, for the dispatch people, it's like that uh, gallows humor. It's that yeah. dark humor. It's like, gentlemen, you will go to such and such a place, and it's like he's got this affectation every time too. This is what you need to do your job and you will accept it is to go <laughs> and they're, they're hilarious too like like if you really listen to what they they're all just so stupid they're not real like uh i only wrote a few of them down but the there was one where a guy was like an old woman has says a roach has crawled under her ear and she can't get it out and there was another one like a man says his pants are on fire and like it's like a man is uh it's like a man on the corner of whatever is feeling some sharp pain in his leg I don't know. And I love it. Like the end, it's also no other information provided. Yeah, no other information <laughs> provided. <laughs> oh, man. Good luck, boys. <laughs> so I, I did not realize until this how often Martin Scorsese appears in his movies. That's it. And like in other things as well. I didn't realize that he was so often in front of the camera. That's cool. Mm -hmm. And it does a lot of voice stuff as well, like in, in, in his movies and in other movies. Mm hmm. A little bit, kind of like in that um, Hitchcock-esque kind of cameo thing. Yeah. Always like finding a way into his film. So we haven't even started the plot yet of this film. Well, no, no, no. I don't, well, well, let's, let's talk about, so a couple of the things that uh, happened during the John Goodman era, right? So we've got, we got the big one is the introduction of the Burke family, right? So this is the guy who has the heart attack right near the beginning of the movie. This is Patricia Arquette's dad. Um, mm -hmm. He's the guy, Mr. Burke is the guy who's basically on life support getting zapped every like few hours as his heart stops right and then the you know provides the big climax of the movie where uh spoiler alert uh nick cage takes him off life support right mm -hmm. to uh and secretly he murders him he murders him but <laughs> it's a mercy kill yeah it's definitely a mercy kill yeah yeah and he's got like there is you know, as the movie progresses and as like he's hearing all these additional voices, he goes like he goes from seeing the one ghost to all of the ghosts. Yes. And it's kind of like, you know, past and present merging. And we'll get we'll like get to how that essentially yeah. is also like the resolution of the film at the end. But like, especially with this guy, like the number of times where he just his eyes and it's such a that's got to be such a tough job for and an actor it's like i have to show you yeah he's like and all all i can do exactly it's like he, I, he doesn't say a word during the film well like he does not it's like in voiceover but you're just looking at him and it's like he's got to show you a lot of stuff with just the top half of his face that's really it was yeah. it was really cool that guy i love this the touch where uh they're driving in the ambulance and nick cage puts the lights on and goes for the family 
because it's like yep. the guy's dead or he thinks the guy's dead but like you know if you're driving an ambulance to the hospital and the lights aren't on you know usually nothing's wrong or like it's over like this person's not gonna so that was exactly nice seeing it and like how like quickly you kind of set up it's like all right this guy you like you don't you don't know if he's like lovesick you don't know if he's like had bad relationships or anything but the moment like early on when like they enter the apartment they're working on her father and Patricia Arquette's like she her character's there it's like that connection they really focus on that really early on to set up like essentially what is just a series of maybe like a dozen meetings that they have over the next couple of days yeah yeah that was uh sorry in what you're gonna say yeah I know what you're gonna say you say it oh I was just like it's it's good to point I think it's important that we point out that these are these are married this is a married couple in real life Patricia Arquette and Nick Cage are married during the filming of this movie (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> i don't think they kiss once no i don't think they do he, he actually, kisses no. her on the cheek he gives her a cheek that's kiss. it he goes we're all dying mary smooch <laughs> <laughs> the most romantic thing i've ever seen <laughs> and so i mean chris and also rob to some extent uh, i know chris will chris has, has seen a lot of examples of this nick cage is not known for having chemistry with uh actresses especially like later career earlier career i feel like he does a little bit but later career it's just like these people don't exist in the same world there's no way that they actually want to bone each other and this is and his wife we're talking about yeah I know, but so so would you say this would this do this feel like they had chemistry i'd say some emotional chemistry but no physical chemistry like it was so weird like in that moment you're talking about chris where like he actually where he kisses her on the cheek it's like just the way that he like comes in and he like holds her face and she doesn't look like she's really enjoying it and i couldn't tell if that was character thing or something patricia Arquette was just dealing with it was like we're just seeing, it was like this, I, I will say yeah it was it was off no physical chemistry this is a window into their home life we saw I mean, they, they divorced two years later and oh. i was looking yeah i was looking okay. some stuff online and it was like it looked like things were messy for a while before they actually legally divorce. i mean usually when you legally divorce that's not exactly when the relationship ends like it's it's been so this is maybe mm-hmm. the beginning of the end for them i think maybe. the 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 only actress he's ever had chemistry on in movies eva mendez for some reason him and eva mendez no the uh i, I the other one is uh the girl from valley girl yeah but they yeah he actually liked her too. Like he, he wanted yeah. to own her. So there, mm-hmm. there you go. Uh, so, all right. So we have, we have Mr. Burke. We have uh, a few other passing ones. The, uh, there's the homeless, the homeless guy who they're very rude about mm-hmm. a guy who, who smells bad and they just, he, Oh yeah. He, like he, he'll be fine. He'll be fine. And they just wheel him outside yeah. and stick him in a corner somewhere. And he's like, I ah, don't yep. worry about him. Yeah, they won't even let him stay in the waiting room. Although I love, uh, we're I'm sure we're we're gonna get to him, but uh, Grizz, like <laughs> the guy, essentially like the officer in the oh, yeah. um, in don't the waiting me. room for the ER. He's like talking about himself in the third person. He's like, "Don't make me take my sunglasses off." Oh, like you can tell that's his that's his phrase. Like they're all characters where they've got to like literally deal with the suffering public, and so they have to like accentuate themselves to a big level. Oh, and that nurse or the doctor that's like. Huh. So you did cocaine. You think you really, you know, like, and she's like trying to talk them out of being there. I love that lady. She was great. Oh, man. It's like, may I say, if you're trying to kill yourself, would you mind doing it in a different zip code next yeah. time? <laughs> that emergency room. Oh, my God. That every time they walk in there, it's like, 
Chaos. Chaos. Nope. So much going on. Yeah. No we'll harder, no tougher nut to crack than a charge nurse at an ER, man. <laughs> Those must have been some really crazy scenes to film. Like all the the coordination of just all. It's like, all right, you guys right here, you're not even gonna be on camera for that long. Like two seconds. Yeah. But you have a stab wound, and you're fighting over the coffee machine. And like it's like just you're gonna, they're gonna see for a second. <laughs> <laughs> it's really important. But everybody's gonna see know, that it's everyone's it's summertime forward. in New York. Everybody's fucking crazy. <laughs> just like ah, oh, <laughs> show us that. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah. So so that uh, yeah. this guy that bring him to the hospital, blah blah blah. blah he's uh you know he's on on a bunch of tubes, mm -hmm. and then you got Noel who needs some water because he's got kidney disease. Yep. Oh no! So this is this is the Mark Anthony character, right? Yeah, it's Mark mm -hmm. Anthony. No singing. So this mm -hmm. is a this is a big part of the movie. I, I I will tell you when Chris and I were watching it, uh, we knew Mark Anthony was in the movie, and there's a doctor who shows up before Mark Anthony shows up, who kind of looks like Mark Anthony, and we paused and rewound <laughs> like, a few times oh, just to be Mark like, Anthony? is that what Mark Anthony looks like? <laughs> just is highlight our racism, Meg. It's been. <laughs> He, I it's been a little time since he's in the public eye. He, he genuinely does look like this doctor, though. And then when then when he showed up and he's like yeah. covered in blood and has a giant dreadlock wig, we were like, I think that's Mark. <laughs> he disappeared into that role, I tells you. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, man, I didn't know he was an actor, but uh... <laughs> also there's so like he's just one of them, and he's not even a cameo. He's like a significant actor. There's so many recognizable actors in this movie. Oh my god, so oh, yeah. many. From like TV and other films. Like before oh, man. they made it. Who are you gonna point out? So uh, the two, like the two nurses, you have uh, Ada Tuturo who plays yes. um, Gandolfini's sister on The Sopranos. Oh yeah. And then you have um, I, I, I don't know the actress's name, but she plays one of the nurses on Scrubs. Yes. She's yes. the nurse. Yeah. At yeah. The very like she's end, there. Judy Judy Reyes. Just for a yes. second, she's in the background. Just like... yeah, yeah. And that's it. And then she like comes in to like see that he's coded at the end. So, you know, in the trial, when they get, when they eventually get Nick Cage's character for murder, she's the one who's going to testify. So, I mean, she'll come back in the sequel. I wanted to dig into this, uh, but I don't, I didn't find out who these guys were, but I, I recognize two of the people from the, uh, we'll get to the scene later, but the, the faith healing scene, two of the club goer kids. Uh, I really? definitely see. Oh yeah. You should things. find out who they are. Yeah. Maybe I'll take a little, a second to do that. Um, speaking of speaking of big actors, I mean, in, in the John Goodman section, there's a drug shootout, um, and uh, the guy who dies is Michael K. Williams. Yes, like, his like one of his first roles ever. Yeah, and solid. Just set, shows shows that man's had a solid career, beginning to present. He barely says it. He's he's there, and I was just like, that's Michael K. Williams. I mean, he's yeah. very recognizable. That was cool. Oh, it was neat. And that like yeah, and that's just. You know, plot-wise, it's just, you know, another guy that Nicolas Cage can't save. Yeah. You know, just another person. Like, just adding, just, like, you know, adding to the spot, like, tightening the spiral. You know, one more dead person in his, in the bus. So, all right. So, we, we, uh, we go through the John Goodman arc. Uh, meanwhile, Nick Cage is, is trying to get fired uh, and failing. Yeah, I, I mean, we we definitely have a. I don't know, Chris, if you're ready for this, but we have a clip of uh, his his interactions with the dispatcher, not not a dispatcher, supervisor, uh, supervisor. Yeah, uh, trying and failing to get fired by this guy. You got no sick time left, according to command. I mean, I was told to terminate. It's okay. I'll just get my things out of my locker. Excuse me, it's not okay. I I never fight anybody in my life, man. I'm sorry, Captain. Don't take it too hard. <laughs> The fuck? <laughs> Nobody exactly. tells me to fire anybody ever. I told them, stick it right up your big one. 
Pardon. I like that. <laughs> I said, you want to fight him? I haven't seen that expression no, in a long time. Physical it's up expression. It's you. You got to be strong. You got to be a man. I am a man. Look at these. You think they give these to sissies? Come on, kid. This is a weekend of full moons. Nobody wants to work. I mean, your partner Larry's called in sick. Okay, Larry Viva, stupid Stanley too. Come on, I need bodies out there, man. I got buses. They, they, they gotta run here. I had to put markers on 62 Young. Hey, hey, you know he's not supposed to work two nights in a row. You know who we're in for with that one? You swore that you'd fire me if I came in later again. You swore. You swore. I'll fire you tomorrow. Yes. Yeah, there it is. Even better than that. What was I thinking about? I could forward you some sick time. How about a week? A week's not gonna do Another it. Another one coming. Oh, yeah, I know. He smacks the table a bunch. Very, uh, very um, moonstruck vibes right there. The table smacking thing. I just, I, I, and I love the actor who plays the supervisor because it's like, yeah, this is, a, this, this is a horrific job. You're just dealing with like human misery all the time. And of course, you're going to get burned out and be miserable yourself. And it's just like, like he goes from like kind of scolding him to coaxing him to preaching to, you know, begging everything. But he gets him to get on the bus. Yeah, <laughs> I just it's so fun. Like you have like eight different motivational tactics. You know, that I think there's so many bosses out there that could learn a thing or two from that guy in those scenes. <laughs> and for those those who are just listening to that. Uh, I looked down at my phone to take a note while this scene was happening and uh, missed the fact part where he barked like a dog because she I just assumed, oh, there's a dog barking in the background. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I'm like, it, yeah, it doesn't belong there. It's just like, that's just so fun <laughs> to okay. just like break the tension. <laughs> so I... I, yeah, like maybe he was like kind of hallucinating. Who knows what was going on there? I did find mm -hmm. uh, I did find these club goers, uh, and un honestly, now I'm looking at them like, okay, maybe they weren't really that famous, but they're they were known for other things. Um, mm -hmm. And one was this guy, uh, John Abrams, uh, and I realized where I recognize it from. He was one of the the friends, and he was the bad guy from Scary Movie. <laughs> Oh, damn! <laughs> yeah. So never mind. That totally tracks. That totally That's tracks. That's funny. And I guess the guy who played <laughs> Ivy Bang and the Dead Guy was an actual musician named Harper Simon. Speaking uh, of Ivy Bang, and let's move on to the Vin Rames, Vin Rames section of yeah! it. Okay. <laughs> do we have. A, we want to. We want to do a clip, Chris. You yeah, want to we'll go, go straight to that? right to the clip? Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. All right. This is the best part of the whole fucking movie, right here. He's been snorting that rare death stuff. It's been going on for like four days now. I rebuke the spirit of drugs in the name of Jesus. What's his name? I be banging. What you mean I be banging? I be banging. What the hell kind of name is I be banging? I don't know his real name. <laughs> Frederick Smith. Okay, Freddie. It's Frederick. Okay, I be banging. We're gonna bring you back from the dead. Now I want everybody here to grab the hand of the person next to you. Come on now, we ain't got much time. Go for it. And look up towards the heavens. You can tell he's done this Dear before. Lord, he can't even enjoy here it. I am again, asking one more chance for a sinner. Please, Lord, bring back Abby Banging. Lord, <laughs> you have the power, Jesus. You have the might. You have the super light to spare this worthless man. Oh, thank you, Lord. What happened? You fucking died, you stupid bastard. 
I warned you. Damn, you guys are good. Not us. The first step is love. The second is mercy. And there's even a button on it. There's even a fucking button at the end of that scene. I, I was going to point out, this is the, one of the only scenes where Ving Rhames isn't holding a cigar, but I was wrong. He was holding yeah. a cigar. Had it the whole time. He held on to it while it was holding those people's hands. He was getting those club goers closer to the Lord. Oh, God. That cigar so... was never lit. It was just an unlit uh, cigar. It's an unlit cigar. You know what? It was lit at the end of that scene, though. Oh, there you go. The Lord lit it. The Lord lit it. <laughs> His performance so... was lit enough. Which, which, which is one of my my uh, favorite lines from one of my uncles. Um, his, uh, he said he was he he was out at a bar in the seventies, um, hanging out with somebody, and somebody's like, "Hey, you got a light?" And his friend like pulls a lighter out and sticks it in the guy's face. He's like, um, "I am the light. Oh, it is fire you seek." Look, <laughs> sign. <laughs> I want to meet this uncle. And that's what the Lord said to being right. <laughs> Oh my God, Bing <laughs> Rames! It's oh, like it's so good. He's oh, so he's so good. Fucking funny. I, there's, I, there's yeah. a, I was saying, there's a scene where he's just like holding a bunch of cash in his hand. Yeah. Yep. During an entire ambulance ride for no, I don't think it's explained. No, no it is. Explained? Okay. It is because they're traveling by the hookers. He goes, and oh, he's let's like go look at some, some hookers. <laughs> Yeah, literally, he's like, come on, let's go look at the ladies. And he's like, and he's just like loving it and reveling in it. And Cage is like, God damn it, can we just not like, like throughout the movie, he's like, God damn it, I don't want to do this. And like, he's literally just showing cash out the window to see if he can get like a little interest. And it's like, yeah, it's scuzzy. <laughs> I have a question for you guys. A serious question. Okay. okay. Do you think that this whole movie is a Christmas Carol? You'll be visited in the night. There's three. The spirit that keeps following him is Marley. Okay. You have the the ghost of of Christmas uh, present would be John Goodman. Mm -hmm. uh, the ghost of Christmas past would have to be uh, Ving Rhames in some way, and then the ghost of Christmas <laughs> yet to come is Tom Sizemore. I oh, that fell apart as I was saying it. No, no, but there's elements to it that make this perfect sense. <laughs> I uh, I just googled this and someone has drawn this comparison in a in a there's an article. Well, there you uh, go. It's, it's where they just say they say uh yeah they say they the they say the three of them come off like the three ghosts of a Christmas Carol joining Frank on each night of his own personal hell. And you've got Mark Antony is um little Bob Cratchit. Um, oh my God! Whoa! Right? No, no, uh, <laughs> Tiny Tim. So, oh, I'm sorry, sorry, sorry. Yep, tiny. But Tim, then tiny Tim. Bob Cratchit would be the guy he just offs at the end of the movie. <laughs> I mean, frankly, I don't know. Did uh, Scrooge try to bang Cratchit's daughter? Like, yeah, I, I don't know. He's <laughs> like, yeah, there's, banging your daughter. No, there's you better go. There's serious elements that 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 overlay there. I'm not saying it's a perfect Venn diagram, yeah. but. <laughs> <laughs> uh, man. So. I think we, we would be remiss if we didn't mention uh, another dispatcher during this section where Queen Latifah is the dispatcher. I can't remember her name, but uh, love. her name is Dispatcher Love. Dispatcher Love. So she has some <laughs> sort of relationship with Ving Rames, and they have like a flirtation over the radio. She never appears in the movie at all. No, I love the like it's. Uh, <laughs> and then Cage is always pissed off at like all the same stories that uh, Marcus or Ving Rhames' character keeps telling him. Yeah. It's like, did you guys go on a blind date once? That's right. Didn't she try to hit you with a bottle? Why'd you have to bring that up? 
it's like you're sour in my memories man I just the way he gets on like I can't like it's but it's <laughs> like I make her wait he's like checking his hair in the mirror she can't see him it's just it's just ridiculous the, the Ving Rhames's exit from the film is the greatest too where they're drinking in the car and he's like don't do it don't do it we don't need to take this call just say it's sick say the bus is dead he's like we're doing it. He just guns it and flips the goddamn thing right over a chest. <laughs> and you get one of those great camera angles where it's like sideways and then Cage comes out and it's like, all right, we're almost crazy. No, we're just barely back up. We're just barely and They're back all in laughing. Frame, right they're like, up. you know, he's and laughing. He's looking at it. He's like, you think those ghosts are going to stop talking to you? That ain't going to happen, son. But the best part <laughs> is they, they crash that ambulance and he goes in and there's a similar scene where the guy won't fire him. And he's like, oh, yeah, here's a form to fill out about the crash. And then that's it. He doesn't get he's fired. Like, he's, like, he's like, when do you have the time? <laughs> when do you have the time? And he actually says he runs away from the scene of the crime saying, I quit, basically. Yep. And then just shows up for work yeah. the next day. He can't. It's like he can't quit. Like, he has to be fired. And, like, everybody knows it. And it's like, no, like, you're too, you, like, you, you, it's. It's like, yeah, it is. It's like any job that you just keep showing up for because you feel like you have to. Uh, <laughs> but that, and back to the supervisor, like his thing, like, yeah, that's that little mention, but just kind of being like, yeah, man, like I, the city needs you. The city need, and like, and that's the thing inevitably that like gets Cage to go back out there. The city needs you, all right? The streets are bleeding, all right? People yeah. need you. Like, get well, back out there. And he's got these, he's got this ghost, this woman, that this woman Rose he failed to save who gets yep. poorly CGI'd on the faces of lots of people that he drives by. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, I think that's part of the reason he keeps going back is just because like, I can't just end it like uh, having killed everybody, or, you know, like having everyone die on me, right? I think yeah. he's, frust he's frustrated with the fact that his job he can't save people like most of the time. And yep. he's like, I'm just here to bear witness and, and absorb all this grief. And yeah. there's nothing and, I can yeah. do about it. He says yeah. he's a grief mop. And he says like, you know, 90% of the time my skills will do nothing. And then for that 10, 10%, it's kind of like, if I can't make something happen with that 10%, then it's like, you know, like you, you talk about batting a hundred being like pretty great. And then you're suddenly batting like 900 or so like oh ninety, and that's just kind of like, well, god damn it, I should have been able to do something here because most of the time I can't. And right. then he, then when he does help one, the one person in this movie, uh, it's like sentencing this person to a lifetime of just being kept alive by electric shock, and that's mm -hmm. it. Right. Yeah, yeah. And also, then the baby. I... Oof. Yeah, oh, that one's tough. That one's tough. Before we, before we, before we move move forward um i do have a request could the three of us um say something together yes on three i'll, I'll like I'll, I'll say um can we just give out a very large loud boisterous i be banging yeah <laughs> it'll okay. be one two three then okay then okay. okay all right, all right. One, one two three, three. I, I be banging, banging. Thank you, Rob. We tried to Thank time you. it right. It's, it hey, it's, it's 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 as good as we're gonna get on Zoom. Yeah. Um, <laughs> all right. So we got we got we got to end our Ving Rhames little stretch. As much fun it is, uh, but there's one last thing that they do together, which is deliver twins. Mm. Uh, and that is dark, a, dark moment. Dark. That was the darkest part of this movie for me. They so they. Um, and they I have the clip. Just kidding. I don't have the clip. No, we're <laughs> not you. watching that. They find a couple who claims that they've never had sex and they're virgins and 
they're like something's wrong with this woman and it's like yeah she's giving birth uh it turns out that she's having twins bing rames grabs the first one and is so excited because he's like oh my god the miracle of life this is wonderful mm-hmm. and of course uh that cage grabs the second one who's stillborn they take him to the hospital and then the kid dies it's very sad mm-hmm. and he's giving um, the baby mouth to mouth and like yeah, mm-hmm. and then you get like there was that moment earlier on in the film where they're like, "Babies are a different story." Like you know, like yeah. everyone gets out of the way. Everyone's like, "We have to fucking save this kid." Like you saw everybody just like nobody's like giving them a hard time, just like running in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, that was interesting. Yeah, that was a bummer. And so that and that's kind of what causes, in some way, like that's why they're drinking when they get into that accident, right? Like they're, they're like pretty upset about that. Yeah. Yeah. And you, but you like, it's, it's like both sides of it. You got like Reigns who is just like, kind of, he's, he's like beaming, you know, he's like, yeah, he got uh, like, to be the hero and deliver the baby that yeah. survived. Right. And he, and, and he's trying to, it's, it's, they're arguing because he's trying to get cage to acknowledge that they brought a baby boy into the world. And cage wants him to acknowledge and accept that they lost a baby girl. And they're both like, it's like this positivity, this negativity. And, you know, they're just not, they're not meeting. The only way they meet is by, the only thing they can do together is drink. And it's like one's celebrating and one's mourning. Totally. Yeah. Yet he takes responsibility for the one that died. Mm -hmm. Even though it was a terrible situation. I mean, God knows it's lucky they saved one. But Mm -hmm. for him, it's like, he's like, no, it's like, he can't help but feel responsible for all these people that are dying, I guess. Yeah. It's just, I mean, one thing after another. So that I, I, there's the moment in the hospital, like, and there's great scenes where they just like, there's no, there's no music. And like, it really does focus in on him when they find out that she's not, that the baby's not going to make it. And it's like, I just, I I think I wrote something down. It's kind of like, all right, this is, this is just going to accelerate everything after this. He's like, it's accelerating his fuck it, fuck it phase. So like, he doesn't have much, he doesn't have any he didn't have much positivity or anything to really pull on but now he probably believes that nothing's going to happen that yeah. like nothing's going to change his luck nothing's going to change the outcomes that he comes upon so we uh this is i feel like a good point to transition to talk before we talk about the tom Sizemore stuff the drug dealer arc yeah mm-hmm. what were you gonna say chris before we i was gonna say let me just talk about the drug trip scenes yeah so i do have some the- clips of this <laughs> So we, we, we get, uh, so Patricia Arquette, who's been kind of like in the background, we find out earlier on that she used to, she was a junkie. Uh, yeah. She's a junkie and, uh, she's pretty worked up about her dad's situation. It's been very stressful on her. Um, and so she goes to quote unquote, visit a friend. Um, and, uh, Nicholas Cage goes with her and it turns out that it's like a drug den pretty much. And like, she basically says like, Hey, can you wait outside? I'll be right there. Mm-hmm. And then, like, literally goes up and passes out due to doing heroin. The right. Way, the way they did that was amazing too, because I think, like, you as the audience are like, kind of like, oh, something's weird here, obviously. And you find out she's a junkie, and you find out that's a drug den. Like, kind of as they're going up the elevator, you're like, oh, this is what's going on, and you realize it. And then you think, but Cage knew right away what was going on. I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's why we wanted to go up there with her. Yeah. And that's, and it's also like for her, just like, okay, it's okay. I have a friend downstairs. It's okay. Like I like almost asking him for permission, not, not, not so much asking him for permission, but just being kind of like, you know, I've got not so much a partner, but just like somebody that's like, okay, somebody's waiting for me. You know, I can leave whenever I want. Like, this is just a quick errand, whatever it may be. Yeah. And yeah. 
I was say, yeah, well, so while he's waiting for her, he kind of pushes his way into the drug den and we meet uh, a few women uh, and the drug dealer played by Cliff Cur- Curtis, who uh, I know from Whale Rider. Yep. Uh, he's been in a lot of stuff. He was um, stuff. he was in Training Day. He's in True Lies. Um, True Lies. He was in, um, oh, what's the one with- uh, He was in uh, True was... Lies? Yeah. Oh, Hold on. Wait, yeah. am I thinking he of the right in... movie where the guy gets on the shot on a missile from a plane? Oh no, different dude, different dude. Oh, that's different a different dude. guy. That was a, that, that's an older actor. Um, oh, man, never but he's mind. not him. But yeah, he was like whale rider, Training Day. Um, he was in one of oh, like um, I think the third or the fourth. Um, no, the fourth. Um, what am I trying to say? Die Hard movie. He was like the government. He was like the big government guy. Okay. Um, yeah, he's he's had a pretty diverse career, a lot of different stuff. Yeah, it, uh, he he has a a real wild wig on. <laughs> <laughs> that's a like, I mean, him, Mark Antony, like, there's a lot of wild there's wigs a, in this. That's movie. true. I think that the wigs in this movie they took a they took a big swing. I I don't know <laughs> if they they. they <laughs> he was in the film The Piano. Oh. Oh wow! Yeah. Um, so yeah, so he, we meet this drug dealer who is just like the chillest guy. Like he's just mm-hmm. like, he, 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 he gets, he realizes that Nick Cage isn't a cop. He's an EMT and he's like, just gonna take, he just basically takes care of him. Like he and he and the women that he's with, like, are like, just like, Hey, just chill out. Like, it's going to be okay here. Take this pill. It'll make you, you know, like he's, he's a very peaceful drug dealer. <laughs> yeah. It's also chill. Yeah. And then Kate, he gives Cage a pill and then we have a crazy trippy drug scene. Uh, mm. I will play for us right now. I, I'm not going to play the whole thing because it is really long, but I do have it kind of broke, broken into parts. Nice. A lot of reverse camera work. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm the Japanese Sandman. You look like the Japanese Sandman. <laughs> I'm going to skip around a little bit. This, this craziness. drug he's been given i don't think so you don't say he's doing yeah and then this scene pulling oh, man. he's pulling bringing people. out the dead yep. yep this scene is one locked. by one yeah i'm gonna yeah. Skip, skip through this we have a music like one change. person after another he does that for a while and then we have um there was some nudity there <laughs> whoops uh and then <laughs> <laughs> and then we have uh this part where I wanted to like separate this out where the reverse camera work is like friggin' crazy. It's a sad scene, so I won't like really dwell on it too long. But you have oh, to yeah. think, all right, so the snow is falling backwards, right? So everyone here is walking backwards and they're playing it in reverse. Oh man, I didn't even notice yeah, that. Yeah, so she's falling backwards. That lady's helping her because it's so hard to fall backwards. They're driving backwards. They're running backwards. She's, she's standing up is what happened. Yeah. In real life, yeah. Yeah, falling backwards, Man. I guess, is just standing up. Didn't even catch it. Yeah. Holy cow. I'm gonna skip. No, yeah. Let me try. Yeah, I think this is. Yeah, you can skip the rest yeah, of Yeah, he just dies. Oh, yeah. no, I'm gonna skip to the cage freak out at the end. Oh, yes. We're gonna cut to the cage freak out. Cage has a little bit. Hold on, wait for it. Oh, God damn it. Oh, 
Frank, Frank, be cool, my brother. Look, you have what you call a paradoxical reaction, right? But listen to me, Frank. Frank, where are you going? You're making a mistake. This is like a Mandy freak out. Mandy moment, yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay, that's good. Cool. Just grabs Patricia Arquette. Brings her. I swear to God, he hits her head against the wall like three times during this scene. But yeah. <laughs> Not surprised at all. <laughs> we get to, I mean, we get Nikki, we get Nikki and his Nickiness. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the end of this arc is that uh, later on, uh, during the times Tom Sizemore period, um, they get a call to this building and we go upstairs and like the, the it's like flooded because someone shot out the fish tank and there's like all these fish flopping around on the ground. There's a lot of blood. The woman who was nice to him is, is dead. And then we eventually find the, the drug dealer. We find uh, Cliff, Cliff Curtis, his name, right? Mm -hmm. uh, we find him impaled on a fence. Yeah. And real chill about it too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like amazingly chill. He's not like freaking out. Like, I think the only thing he really says to Cage is kind of like, hey, uh, I can't hold my head up anymore. And so Cage like comes near him and they end up, you know, and it's this crazy scene with like all these pyrotechnics, like, look at the city, look how beautiful that is. And like, here's this guy who's close to death, who's being helped by, uh, by Cage and, you know, still kind of thankful no matter what, um, which is, which is wild. So it wasn't just like, uh, there's obviously other things going on. Maybe he dosed up right before yeah. he jumped. Yeah. But, but it's also kind of like, it's one of like seeing the beauty in the city uh, for just a moment for Cage to be like, it's not just, you know, bloodbathed streets. It's kind of like, look at the, look at New York and the fireworks and everything kind of overlaid. And this is also the first person that he saved, right? Like, I mean, cause he doesn't really save Mr. Burke, right? Like, right. So this is the first person that he saved. So it's kind of a turning point for him. Yeah. And the, I guess, and, and I, I guess to kind of, well, I, I guess we'll talk more about um, uh, the, the whole Burke arc. We'll finish that up. Yeah. But, but here at least he, you know, yeah. And when they're in the hospital, it's like Cliff Kurt, like Cy, the, uh, the drug dealer actually tells him, he's like, Hey man, you saved me. He's like, yeah. <laughs> and it's like, okay. Even there, it's kind of like he doesn't really accept it. He doesn't really, yeah. you know, he's just got, uh-huh, like, yeah. and, and, and moves on. Oh. And that scene where he's on, up on the roof is really crazy, though, because, like, they, they don't really have a plan because they're basically cutting the only thing that's supporting him from falling off the side of Everyone's the roof. Everyone's so quick and, and compassionless and gruff about everything they're doing. They're like, ah, look at this mm -hmm. asshole. Look at this dude. He's bleeding out. It's all right, yeah. mister. I'm, like, they're all like this kind of real dark, like you say, gallows sense of humor about the whole situation. But yeah, they didn't yeah. even tie off anything. They tied off Cage, luckily, but they didn't tie this guy off before they started cutting the thing, holding him up. And then obviously and the he falls, but Cage catches him because yeah. he's tied up. Yep. And they're like, and they're joking about it. It's like, oh, good thing we hooked you in. And it's like, you didn't hook me in. It's like, yeah, you were supposed to do it. Now you were supposed to do it. Oh, man. <laughs> like, yeah. It's oh. like, yeah, let's, oh, we can joke about it. Everything turned out okay. <laughs> Oh man, we have to crank through the rest of this. Uh, plot oh, there's line. not that much actually. I don't think there is. So there's a uh, then. Then we get the Tom Sizemore stuff, um, mm -hmm. which I think we want to get the background of this. Is this the Mark Anthony character is key here? So he's like this this guy who's been around the neighborhood who's kind of lose lost his mind a little bit. Has a liver problem, right? Kidneys. Patricia. He's got some weird. He like constantly wants to drink water, and they like to the point where he could like drink too much water. 
so yeah, he's and he's mentally just just mentally unstable, um, kind of divorced from reality. And Patricia Arquette is super sympathetic to him. And mm-hmm. so that seems to be like kind of fueling her spiral a little bit because she keeps seeing him tied up because this guy is unstable and they want to yeah. keep him in one place. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he's just this recurring character throughout the movie because he, he he gets brought in, he shows up a couple of times and gets into confrontations with uh, Nick Cage and whoever he's with. And we see Tom Sizemore earlier on, like Tom Sizemore hates this guy, right? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. he's he's going out of his way to like try to beat him up. Like he, he throws him in the back of an ambulance and like like beats him up pretty early mm-hmm. on in the movie and then when we pair the two of them together i think the i feel like the big i mean the big the big thing that happens during the tom sizemore stuff is like he basically decides he's gonna track down this guy and beat the shit out of him right mm-hmm. and it's it's weird because they have um it was prompted by cage cage was like let's get out there the streets are burning yeah, no stopping i don't yeah. want to have to stop to think about things oh, i don't want to slow down i have a and good... he even oh sorry sorry continue you know we got clips yeah no got... i don't I have, a, I have oh. a clip. I have a clip of. Uh, oh, wrong thing. I have a clip of, pew, uh, pew, pew, of pew. Cage, kind of uh, it, what you, in the scene you're talking about. Trying mm-hmm. oh, oh, oh. any? Yeah. Frank, Frank, what the hell are you doing back there? I'm sick, Tom. I need a cure. Vitamin B cocktail, followed by an app of glucose and a drop of adrenaline. It's not as good as beer. That's all I got. Come on, Frank. There's blood spilling in the streets. Go have some fun. So he's got like an IV bag hooked up to him right now. And oxygen. Yeah. <laughs> all right. It's like if this can't do the trick, I don't. Uh, I don't know what's he's gonna say. Yeah. It's great, isn't <laughs> it? With the mask on. It's great to be drunk. Sobriety is killing me. Look up in the sky, Frank. It's full moon. Blood's gonna run tonight. I can feel it. Our mission to save. Lives. Our mission is coffee, Tom. <laughs> uh, yeah. He is just, yeah, he is just off, like completely off the rails. We'll do anything to get some, some, you know, some relief. But he, like, it's his own, he really prompts them to go after uh, Mark Antony's character. He's just like, let's do anything. Like, I don't care. Let's destroy something. Let's kill something, whatever yeah. it is. But then, and then they happen to like, see okay, him, right? Yeah. Yeah. And Sizemore's like, okay, I'm game, and points him out and points out Mark Antony's character. So it's like, you know, then- Cage has, like, he's, like, his whole, and, like, it's it's interesting because uh, Sizemore's whole thing is, like, it's we're here to save lives. And obviously, like, they're not doing that. So there's, and then it's, um, Sizemore just has this stupid idea, like, oh, let's push him over. It'll be fun. Yeah. And Cage doesn't want to do that. And then, like, Noel runs away, and Sizemore's trying to, like, run after him and get him. And then it's Cage just like, you know, descends this staircase and it's like out of the light. And then he's down into the darkness and he's just seeing the the shadows from the fire on the wall in the back as he's talking to Rose, you know, seeking some type of, um, you know, seeking some relief, seeking some um, uh, forgiveness. Yeah. And then he emerges from the tunnel to see Sizemore beating on uh, Noel. And so he's like, and then he stops it and he pushes him away threatens to like call backup yeah and this like goes back it goes back to what you were talking about chris about like you know everything's different with the baby but like they all say it's like oh i never do mouth to mouth man no i would never do that and then he comes down and you know breathes air into noel and he's kind of like forgiveness he's looking for redemption like this is you know that's very much like the scene where it seems to turn a corner for him but sizemore was gonna kill that guy he was that's crazy yeah like he was and that's like gonna murder him 
yeah like insane and so it's after like after noel gets you know saved um by cage and then you see him come in it's like all that gallows humor from earlier like them talking about noel's character um consistently goes out the window when they see that he's actually hurt and that he's actually doing really badly yeah well okay more hurt than he than he normally would be (laughs) um and then they just spring into action but then when cage leaves the hospital and sizemore is like beating the hell out of the ambulance like breaking the lights like just slamming the hood everything yeah it's just kind of like, like you see it's like, two, it's like yeah yeah it's like two pads it's kind of like all right i think at that cage like do we think that nick cage quits at that point is he done he walks out of that hospital and he's just done no way to know. wait is that before he after he murders uh mr burke maybe that's the and that's that's why i ask it's like do we think that he did do we think that he quits at the end of the film and do we if so does he quit when he leaves the hospital or does he quit after seeing mr burke Oh gosh, I don't remember it well. My notes are bad at this point. I think, I think, uh, so I think, or another question to add to your question is Does he continue seeing Patricia Arquette even though he has to carry the secret he murdered her father? I mean, oh, yeah, yeah. I think he definitely does. (laughs) He definitely does. This is like jumping back a second, but do you remember when when Cage was driving the ambulance and he kept shifting the automatic? Like he was like, the side of the thing. They're like, like he and Sizemore both say that, like, I've tried, like, she's an old, like, talking about the old uh, bus and, like, they can't kill it. And it's like, I've tried many times. He's a worthy adversary. They're trying to and fuck I cannot the kill him. Up. They're exactly. Trying. They're trying to, like, blow the engine or the tranny. <laughs> they can't. <laughs> Doing neutral drops. I mean, yeah, they're, they're working hard. <laughs> so, so let's talk about the very the, one of the the last scenes, well, which is when he yes. I was gonna say, are we gonna answer this question? I kind of are we? Do you think he quit? What do you think, Rob? So I think he quits, and he quits after he leaves. Um, uh, after after he he leaves Burke's Burke's room, I think he goes there, and that's his final act of mercy as a paramedic. That makes sense to me. So, all right. So yeah. So basically, he. Uh, has been uh, Burke has been speaking to him uh, maybe psychically maybe he's just imagining it who mm-hmm. it's, it's unclear and basically just saying like I don't want to do this anymore like I keep having heart attacks and getting my heart restarted and I like at this point I think we think he's brain dead um, and uh, so he decides that he's going to mercy kill him and he does it's very elaborate he like has it all planned out he puts all the different equipment on him Mm-hmm. So as to not alert the nurses and then, you know, lets him takes the vent, takes him off the ventilator basically. And that's how he dies. Um, somehow manages to put it back on him without the nurse noticing, but right. Yeah. That part yeah. didn't really, didn't really pan out that part, but Hey, whatever. <laughs> it's a movie. And, uh, and that's, that's it. He tells Patricia Arquette that her dad died. They have a little, cuddle sesh and the light goes much like the light on my face right now <laughs> at the end of the film turns this really bright white it's something like this i have one more clip to share actually oh yeah this is a jump back to the size more times uh this this guy <laughs> size more times this guy it's self-explanatory i used to write for them not that's a very angry newspaper <laughs> okay, excuse me this is the worst suicide attempt i've ever seen you feel that pulse here that's where you cut and it's not across it's down like so 
Here, take it. I can't. What? I can't. Oh, I see. With all the poor people of this city who wanted only to live and were viciously murdered, you have the nerve to sit here wanting to die and not go through with it? You make me sick! Take it! Take it! <laughs> Sizemore's losing it. Mm -hmm. We cured him! <laughs> oh, man. And oh. Sizemore like, didn't have to act for this movie, I guess. No. Yeah, no. he's this a, a legit terrible person, is what I learned after <laughs> reading his Wikipedia page. Yeah. Yeah, uh, he's uh, crazy. Man. He is allegedly. Abusive. Allegedly, I don't know how allegedly. I've he... uh, just uh, the plausible deniability. It's allegedly. I don't know. There's definitely like so you can see the casting. It's like okay, yeah, he was uh, he was cast right where he belonged. Yep. Um, but that yeah, like <laughs> it's just that crack up. It's it's oh, so it goes back to like when we were talking about how um, so Goodman's character can sleep. And Cage envies that. And Ring Rames' character can, you know, look at the bright side, look at the positive of it, saving the boy, even though the, the girl was lost. And this guy is just kind of like, Sizemore is just the Joker laughing at the, uh, like finding the absurdity in, <laughs> in the tragedy. And it's like, you know, it like, it just becomes more and more like depraved and crazed as you go through. Um, but one thing, and uh, I think you you were alluding to this, Meg. You know, essentially, you know, um, Cage's character is in purgatory, and he's in purgatory as long as Burke's character is kept alive. Totally. You know? Yeah. 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 Wait, are you saying it's... that Cage is Burke, and that this is the this is um... cross back and forth? <laughs> Never cross mind. back and forth, Never Chris. Mind. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> It looks like you're facsimiling yourself. I'm like you scanning. Look like yeah. <laughs> Chris has a very bright. <laughs> I'm being scanned by oh, aliens. Oh, get, get the get get the line right in the middle, and we can say it's like a really, that's like a really fun. Right there. Okay, yeah, that's face off. That's face off, right? Wait, right Chris, change one half of your face to be one thing and one half of your face to the other thing. Okay, like what, like this? No, like, like, put it down the middle and then make one half of your face smile and the other half frown. Um, okay. <laughs> wait, wait, is that too much to ask? Come on. It's cool. I print screened it. We're good. We're good. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I think, I think that just about wraps it up. Uh, any final thoughts before we uh, move on to our next section? Hmm. I just, yeah, I just liked it. It was great to, to, to go see it again. And yeah, I... <laughs> it's it's a good movie like it's uh it's a heavy watch but uh you know there's there's it's finally you know cage's character is finally bathed in the light with uh patricia arquette's you know and so yeah. there's like some peace and reconciliation some understanding he finally in that in that second to last scene you know see, sees rose's face so you have the present you know encapsulated in the past uh or this past past encapsulated in the present uh, as he talks to arquette and rose's uh, Rose's characters at the same time and that's when he finally kind of you know you know whether he puts the ghosts to bed or he just like um, finds finds whatever piece he can find there yeah yeah it's a, I, I thought that this like I love these movies a lot of Cage's movies have been these like kind of gritty portrayals of New York City uh, 
I thought the vampire's kiss was like that. I thought uh, to an extent um, it could happen to you had a little bit of that. Not gritty, but like more of a fun. Ah uh, uh, yes, great that that great, notoriously gritty movie. It could happen to you. I just liked I just liked this movie because it had like this I don't know just that New York like I don't know. Just reminded me. Well, of it. Uh, well, speaking of that, why don't you take us over to trivia? I'll give you a little New York centric right, facts about this nice. All right, these facts are not as New York centric. <laughs> there is the word New York in them. Um, so as you okay. can imagine, Scorsese and Cage, ooh, awkward. awkward. Uh, Scorsese and Cage rode along with real uh, New York paramedics to prepare for this. Yes. Um, as did the screenwriter Paul Schrader. So oh, that fuck. Been a that fun, must mean uh, all this stuff actually happened. Uh, I mean, it is it is based off of a book by a former yes. um, paramedic, Joe Conley. So, yeah, wow. uh, however much it was dramatized by Schrader, you know, it was based in based in that paramedic's truth. <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah. Um, here, so Martin Scorsese didn't enjoy filming this movie at all uh, because it was really? all filmed at night in mid-December. Basically. <laughs> Oof, okay. That was just <laughs> shitty weather, all night shoots, not fun. Oof. Uh, yeah. Um, and during filming, Nicolas Cage would go through an average of 10 shirts each night uh, due to blood, sweat, and mud. <laughs> oh, my God. Which wow. I don't know how that works because, like, you have to, like, have some continuity. Right. I think you'd like, want to have the same shirt. You th Yeah, you'd think. Or it's like, I don't know. Well, like, like, so I is he... Is he so off the rails that like he's just bruising and bloodying himself up? They gotta reset. Or he, like... They gotta do takes. They gotta reset. So like, the, you know, he can't have a bloody shirt before he gets bloody and you know stuff. Like oh that. Right. yeah, that's true. They probably had like a bunch of different bloody shirts that were like, if we use this take, we'll need to use this shirt for the next. <laughs> the blood continuity from this movie must have been a nightmare. That's yeah. actually. Yeah. Oh, that's everything that on his everything on his face. Every scene with Noel, like he's got like another spatter of blood that he's got to deal with. I looked this up, guys. It's spelled N-O-E-L, just saying. Noel? Uh, oh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, in December, if, um, you say? Same. <laughs> this is, so this is Scorsese's Christmas story. Is, yes, yeah, it is. Uh, yeah, okay. I mean, I'm convinced, Chris. I'm absolutely convinced. Right. <laughs> um, all right, last one, last one. Oh, no, two more. Uh, so as you would, this may not surprise you, but Tom Sizemore and Mark Anthony did not actually get along in real life. And they almost had a physical fight on the set separate from okay. the physical fights they had during filming. Honestly, I would take Mark Anthony, Anthony in that fight. I think oh, he wins. Of course. <laughs> Although Tom Sizemore has got scary, is scary, crazy. So who knows? Yeah. 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 He'll probably punch himself out though. Or, you know, <laughs> he'll be... <laughs> The uh, the coke will run off. He the probably... coke the coke will run out, and he'll just like uh, it'll die. It'll dive real fast. I'm just gonna double check that Tom Sizemore is as bad of a person as I think he's. Allegedly, really I, don't think he's just I don't. I don't think he's a great guy. guy. Who's... I don't. I don't think he's a great guy. Other, well, other actors don't he... speak. Allegedly, <laughs> he's. Uh, he, I know that he is a known addict. So like, mm -hmm. if that's is it. If it's just that, that's different than like. Of course. Oh my yeah. God! Wait. Um, Wait. No, no, he molested an eleven-year-old girl. Oh. Never mind. What? Jesus. Yep. Fucking hell. Never wow. Mind. Never Truly. mind, Tommy. 
truly Ooh. less is size more. Oh. All right. So we're 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 not gonna feel guilty about this. All right, last one, mm. last one. We'll take this to a happier place. Uh <laughs> first choice for the role of Frank Pierce was any guesses? John Travolta. Um would you guess? John Travolta. Ben Kingsley. Ben Kingsley? Oh yeah, he could pull this off. Gandhi himself. <laughs> uh Edward Norton. Okay. Oh yeah. Which this, extremely was, tracks. This this felt just, like an Edward Norton this role. This would be an Edward Norton. Just movie. after, and that was this this was filming the year after. No, Fight Club was what ninety six. Around this was definitely post Fight Club, and I feel like yeah, this is a very similar. Yeah. Vibe yeah. to Fight Club. Um, it, it, no, it is really interesting because um, at the end of Roger Ebert's review of this film, which he really liked. He essentially like he ends the review by shitting on Fight Club. He's like, this is where like real difficulty and you know human emotion kind of come to be seen in the violence and like the like he's just essentially saying that Scorsese knows how to show violence uh, as reality uh, is like a kind of not not a not not this not a game essentially. Um, but he spends the last two paragraphs of his write-up for bringing out the dead shitting all over Fight Club. So maybe if Edward Norton was in it, he would have been able to say, like, Edward Norton's bullshit movie Fight Club is redeemed by his work here in bringing out the dead. Well, so, all right, look, they're both 1999. So it was kind of either or for Edward Norton, I'm imagining, is he was like, all right, I want to do an edgy thing, and I guess he chose for whatever they, or somebody chose. He chose wisely, I mean. That movie was his career. I mean, yeah, yeah, exactly. If you want to talk about it. About so, career making decision. Let's wait move before on. we move yes. on. Yes. I've been bouncing this around the old noggin. Is it about this, a Christmas I, story? I think it really tracks. All right, I was wrong. Okay, so uh, John Goodman is the ghost of Christmas past. He has to be because the past comes first, right? So mm-hmm. the ghost of Christmas past, he goes and he shows uh, shows him his childhood and stuff like that, and uh, growing up and and being uh, uh, you know. Uh, student and things like that uh and john goodman uh i think at some point or am i just confusing this does he ask him about his ex-wife he starts telling him am i am i like not remembering this correctly well i mean it does make sense because he was there in the past when when rose died okay yeah. yes he's yeah. the past so then mm-hmm. the ghost of christmas present and if you think of it this way ving rames is definitely like remember he's like oh ho ho like the, the big like like big attitude that's, the, like that's the, the good because the ghost of christmas present is the happy one right? it's the big happy one mm-hmm. it like tracks so much better do you and rem- the yeah. ghost of christmas future is a real dark one do you remember when yeah. the ghost of christmas present opens up his robe and inside there's like the children there's two children underneath the, the robe do you remember this mm-hmm. yeah this is the yeah. clicking for me. Do you remember this now? Yeah. So wow. those are the two kids. And the ghost of Christmas two future. Kids. This is who yeah. this is who he can become. This is who he'll become. Sizemore is who he'll become if uh if he doesn't change his ways. And he shows him to the edge, to the very edge of like, yeah, we're just gonna beat up this homeless guy. He takes him right to the very edge. And then he changes his ways at the very end and gives mouth to mouth to the anyway. Uh, it happened, I, guys. Yeah. This is a that Christmas is, girl. Yeah, that is really spot on, Chris. And yeah, I will say that yeah, the only article I saw about this mentioned it like relatively in passing. 
Like, I don't think anyone has spent a lot of time thinking about I think, I think this is the article. I think the true article needs to be written by you, Chris. I think this is essential. If you write this up well, this is a master's thesis, and you can show this to USC, and they will just give you a degree. I can't read or write. <laughs> uh, I'm just going to But you can check. analogize, which is all you need to be in film. <laughs> I'm going to type in Ghost of Christmas Present, Kids Under Robe, hitting enter, and taking us without to further ado. To the rankings. Ado, uh, to the ranking. <laughs> Are you ready to rank the cage? We're ready to rank the cage. When Scrooge meets the ghost of Christmas present, he is shocked when two wild and ragged children tumble out from the giant's robes. He thinks they oh must belong God. to the giant. But he tells Scrooge that they are man's. He tells him the boy is called ignorance and the girl is want. Anyway. All right. Onward. All right. After I just cracked this thing wide open and unlocked the cage. We have unlocked the cage. Yep. Yep. So let's, uh, uh let's, let's rank this. So this is out of 10, Rob. We'll let you go first. Uh, we'll start with something easy. How good is the cast for this movie? And like, how good is the cast for this movie? This Am cast I right? Is, this cast is uh, quite good. I'm going to go nine on this cast. Hell yeah. um, pretty great. Pretty damn awesome. Uh, I am probably going to give it a 10. I have rarely ever give 10s in this fucking show. But <laughs> just like it's like just because all the little parts were, were tons of people. Yeah. And yeah. It, it was mm -hmm. so well done. I, I was going to take off a point for Tom Sizemore, but you know what? He's perfectly cast. He's well cast. <laughs> yeah. This is this is what he should be doing if he's acting. So give it a, give it a 10. Oh, boy. Mm -hmm. This is going to be a high scoring flick. <laughs> uh well we'll lose some points on some things yeah for sure uh all right acting so this is everybody uh excluding cage although i'm pretty sure we'll give him similar scores for this okay excluding cage yeah so everyone else is acting it's hard for me to divorce everybody else from ving rames i gotta i gotta go an eight i gotta go an eight on this you know if uh yeah i'm i'm pretty happy with it <laughs> All right, I am gonna go with a. Yeah, I'll stick with it. I'll have to go with an eight too. Guys, I'm gonna give it a perfect ten. Wow! I thought every single person in this movie. I can't think of anyone in this movie who took me out of it due to their acting. And in a Nicolas Cage movie, that is usually a lot of people. Yep. Um, I thought every single person in this movie did a great job acting. Patricia mm -hmm. Arquette maybe was the only one. And actually, you know what? She was pretty good. She was, she, yeah, yeah. It was, it was very solid across the board, definitely. Okay, I'm actually wait. I'm gonna take it down to a nine because I think <laughs> there were maybe Patricia Arquette and also uh, Cy the drug dealer were maybe a little bit less believable for me, but that was only slightly. Mm -hmm. All right, fun. How fun was this movie where a baby died? <laughs> <laughs> Homeless people getting beaten up. Yeah. Blood running on the streets, amputees crawling across sidewalks. We're all, all you know, the the fun again carried by Mr. Rames. Um, uh, I'm gonna go with a three, <laughs> maybe a three point five for fun. Uh, and three of yeah, about, all three of that is uh, in the 15 minutes with uh, with Ving. <laughs> I'm gonna do like you did, divide the movie into thirds. And yeah, definitely three points for Ving Rames. And I'm going to give an additional point for the one time that John Goodman did like, oh, no. Really 
Yeah, I like that logic. I want to also give it a four. It wasn't as bad as it could have been. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Definitely. Definitely not. <laughs> um, so uh, technical. So this is like uh, soundtrack, uh, hair and makeup, costuming, you know, cinematography, special effects, all that stuff. So it's, it's a big category. So go with your gut. I'm going to go with an eight. Um, similar to what you said, um, you know, the, I mean, so in, um, industrial lights and magic did the CGI, which was, you know, I think about as good as it could be for the time. Yeah. Um, but you know, just the technical, like Scorsese is a master technically as well. So, um, we're talking, you know, camera, like uh, he's always got great soundtracks. Um, he's always got, you know, great stories to work with, uh, and dramatize. So yeah, uh, actually, you know what? I'm gonna pump that to a nine. I can't take too much away just based on the technology for CGI at the time. Mm. Uh, I am gonna give this a seven. I enjoyed uh, the 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 very immersive, uh, you know, the the costumes and the, the 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 waiting room. The you know the whole they they made this whole entire thing work with the emergency room and stuff like that. They had they flipped an ambulance over. Uh, I think the only points I'm taking away are uh, for the soundtrack. I yeah, know. I was going to say that. Uh, just, uh, bizarre 90s music at some <laughs> points. Uh, these are the days to remember by yeah. 10,000 Maniacs. And what's the frequency, Kenneth? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. the rest of it, I mean, it, I'm sure these are just artistic choices that I should not be taking points off for. But <laughs> I could do what I want. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to do a seven as well. Uh, I'm going to give it an eight. It's it's the points I'm taking off for are just, just like the datedness of the CGI and the soundtrack, but that's not really the movie's fault. Mm-hmm. Um, but a genuine point being taken off for that awful wig they made Cy wear. That is a, <laughs> not a believable wig. Um, I, here we go. We got overall, how much did you enjoy this movie out of 10? Out of 10, I definitely like, it's definitely an eight for me. Um, and I guess the the enjoyment is, you know, it's, it's dealing with difficult stuff and still, you know, it's nice to see a happy ending. Um, but it was also kind of, it was believable how he got to that redemption. So I liked it and I enjoyed it. It was definitely, you know, every everything came together very well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I am going to also give it an eight. I enjoyed it, but it also like made me feel sad at times, which is not mm-hmm. like to say it's a bad movie, right? Uh, mm-hmm. It's yeah. So overall it's definitely an eight. I'm going to give it a seven. I think that there was a lot that was really good to it. There's some arcs that I didn't care as much about. Like, I think that if there had been a stronger love story, like the, the Patricia Arquette stuff was like, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, the Mark Anthony stuff was like, okay but there was a lot of stuff that was really good as well. Yeah. All right. Uh, plus or minus a single point, whoever thinks of one first for some detail in the movie that you particularly enjoyed or didn't enjoy. Hmm. Oh, plus one point for when they responded to another call with uh, Mark Anthony in the back of the, 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 you know, ambulance for some reason, the guy with the gunshot. And then you had Mark Anthony and he's like, Oh, we're going to take you to the special room at the hospital for killing people. <laughs> I like that. That's how he. That's yeah. That's how he convinced him to get in. Um, uh, you're gonna kill me. What? 
no, not you, him. <laughs> like that just, yeah, that, that little slapstick humor in there. That was definitely funny. Um, I think, I think we, we've talked through so much of it. I don't think that I have anything. I don't think I have any like poignant little moment to point out. Uh, I'll add, I'll do mine. Then I'll, I have a plus one for, um, uh, they at some point. So, so Patricia, our cat has blonde hair that's been dyed black. Um, oh, yeah. which in real life, I don't think her hair is blonde. Like, I think that she has like browner hair. So they went through that effort to, to get that really like unusual hair dye thing. And then at some point in the movie, she redyes her hair. And I just, I like that, that realism. Cause like, I feel like in movies they are often like, oh, you gotta like, you know, have continuity. And like in real life, people will just be like, oh, my roots are showing, I'll touch them up. And then they'll go up back and meet out, meet up with someone, you know, like that's the thing that <laughs> people look different day to day. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's a good point. It could have been a continuity error. <laughs> For me, it's... it was a, a deliberate choice that she fixed her roots. <laughs> um, all right, Rob, you want to say zero then? Well, you um, can even just, just give it a point because you like it. You don't have to like have a good reason. That's true. Just that's true. You um, can give a Paul Schrader point. I can give I can give it a Paul Schrader point, you know, like uh, Paul Schrader, Martin Scorsese point. Um, I'm thinking for the. I'm just looking, I wrote down so many quotes here. Um, oh, <laughs> I think I'll put it down. Like, I'm going to give it a bonus point, not for anything um, uh, like kind of hidden that I didn't expect, but just uh, because Ving Graham's fucking deserves it. Oh, <laughs> so. yeah, that's fair. Yeah, totally fair. Uh, all right. All right. Well, I can Moment tell, I, I'll tell you right now, knowing the score, we are in a cluster of movies that score okay. similar. So let's see yep. where we're at. Oh, no, we got a tie. Oh, no, where's that? Like it's, it. you see the NA there? Ah, uh, number nine. So go back. Let's, someone has to take, uh, don't think, overthink it. Just someone take or add a 0. 0.5. Oh, okay. Well, I am going to, hmm. Does anybody have it? <laughs> I'm going to add a 0. 0.5 just because this fucking movie deserves it. Okay. Okay. All right. Let's go there back. We go. Oh, it Look what you off. did, Chris. <laughs> beat face off. Oh, yes, sir. <laughs> All right. So for those listening, this is coming in at number nine between Kick-Ass and Face-Off. We cracked the top 10. Beautiful. Number eight. Number eight. Number eight. Sorry, misread it. Um, so, yep. Chris, I'm going to propose something as we my co-host. correct Kick-Ass? Yes. Yeah, I think <laughs> our friend Jeremy came in here and, and gave it tens across the board and launched it way up the fucking ranks. <laughs> So I just want to say, I, I did a little math before this show as to who our most enthusiastic guests have been uh, in terms of point score. Uh, and we got uh, Jeremy, who was here last last time for Kick-Ass. He was the person who gave it the most points, gave a movie the most points. Uh. So what I'm going to do right now, I have I have the I have this oh, I have this open. Uh, let's see if we could if it'll update it live. I'm going to take away what happens if i take away one point from kick-ass does it move all right let's try it again i have to do a little refresh. two points i thought i probably have to do a little refresh there it is it. oh it moved down it dropped down okay so i have to oh, wait, do now it. we have an na see what happens now there we go there it is <laughs> so we took away two and a half points from kick-ass so that it would go below face face off where mm -hmm. it belongs i feel like <laughs> see i feel like kick-ass Maybe yeah. even belongs below Lord of War, but it does belong yeah. above. It could happen to you. 
So all right, we're, we're, let's Does not it, let's not mess with it. Let's not mess. But let's with let it. this is just because face off going into going into this. I would. I have don't said like was, the slippery slope you're starting here. No, 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 no. This is I'm a scientific saying, method, and you are shitting on it, Meg. <laughs> this is here's, this here's, incredible. This is this is incredible subjective scientific method that you are destroying, Nate. Yes. You know what? <laughs> all right you know no here's and, here's why i think we should do this is so i and and chris i will give you a freebie on this later so going into this podcast my favorite nicholas cage movie was face off and so i think i get a freebie to move face off up in the rankings at some point during the process well and you get a freebie to do the same national treasure needs to be higher and i have said that for a long time <laughs> we were starting out we did not realize what we had and that movie ended up way too low anyway Let's go to the cage gauge, the two axis plot of Cage's craziness versus his acting ability in a film. Here we are. You know how this works. Give it a ten or whatever you want to give it a, on a crazy scale. What do you got, Robbie? I got it. I mean, he's not. He's he he's not. Um, you know, uh, bad lieutenant port of port of call. He is nowhere near. Um, you know, uh, some of his other great crazinesses. I got to just give him like a three or a four here, honestly. Oh. He's not, he just has like one or two freak out moments. Um, but the majority mm -hmm. of the film, he's pretty understated. So you say, what do you say? Four, three? I'll, 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 I'm, I gotta say, for Nick Cage, he's a three. I mean, for other actors, he's like a seven and a half, but for Nick Cage, he's a three. So Megan and I had a discussion about this last night because I agree with you that like this is not his craziest film. But there are moments where he has freakouts, but he builds up to them. They're kind of in character, uh, mm -hmm. and he has like that whole drug field thing. And so I'm gonna, I'm gonna go a little higher. I'm gonna give it a seven. I know that's a little crazy. I know it's a little crazy, but I'm doing it. <laughs> I, and I'm gonna give it an eight. I, Whoa, I think this was we, really. You know what it is, Rob? It's because we've had a lot of movies where he does nothing, where he yeah. does not yell. Oh. And so the I think that the low range is bigger than you might think. We've and normalized this whole thing. Like, over like these think movies. of like yeah. National Treasure. Think of Gone in sixty seconds. Like he is just, uh, he could be Tom Hanks or Bruce Willis. You know, just having a normal time in those movies. And this, he really. The only reason I'm taking off points is because he does have moments where he's like a normal person who seems to be experiencing normal things, unlike Bad Lieutenant, where he's just at a ten the whole movie. This to that's me, that's it, true, this and that's kind of as it, like in any like if you if you look at John Oliver, John Oliver will bring out new Nicolas Cage movie clips, and then it's just so that's true. You just to the you know lay person uh, to Nicolas Cage movies. Um, we're used to just seeing the clips of him going batty, but yes. that's true. There's plenty of movies where he does nothing. To me, yep. this exists in a place just just right below leaving Las Vegas in terms of craziness, because there's a lot more craziness in leaving Las Vegas, but it's got that similar vibe of him kind of going nuts over time. Uh, yeah. But yeah. All right, acting ability. What do you got? I mean, I like. I, I just. I, I liked him. I liked him in this. I got to go with an eight. Yep. I got to go with an eight for for Nikki. I completely agree. That's an eight for me too. Uh, yeah, I, I can't, I can't object to that. He was very solid. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't, uh, the love, the love story could have been a little bit better, but, yeah. uh, it's, it was pretty good. And then this is a similar one, uh, Rob, where it's like the, the low end is big. It's really big. <laughs> so like, 
Yeah, hit, hit it, me it, with an eight, Chris. It, de it definitely is like an exponential curve. Like everything just like plots way up towards the end. <laughs> so this puts us in the greatest of all the quadrants, the good acting, more crazy quadrant. It's where it belongs. Nice. Definitely where it belongs. Uh, Beautiful. In my opinion. Um, and that's uh, some some fellow uh, members of that quadrant. You got uh, Mandy's in there, mom and dad, wallet at heart, uh, Connor. Face off. Face off is in there. You got um, mm -hmm. bad lieutenant bad leaving lieutenant. Las Vegas. Leaving Las mm -hmm. Vegas is in there. So yeah, it's 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 in good company in this quadrant here. Uh, even, nice. Oh, even Kickass is in this. Kickass is in this quadrant. Because, <laughs> kick ass, kick, all right, Kickass got more crazy. Ten for acting. <laughs> he's so he's so eager uh, and that okay sweetheart do you want to go to beat up some bad guys uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this, I, I think the, the cage gauge is not right here kickass should be less crazy than yeah we'll have whatever. to do some 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 uh, uh what's revisionist cage, i i love jeremy jury. but his numbers are really set us to crazy town I love that Ghost Rider is directly in the middle. I love that Ghost Rider is the pin in the center of that wheel. The yes. <laughs> Ghost Rider is the one that like everybody. Yeah, it's like right in the middle there. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, guys, looks like our shift's over. But wait, mm. but wait, so, we, we have the pig trailer. If you want to, if I don't know if oh Rob, my gosh, Rob yes. you have a hard yeah. out. Yeah. No, no, please. Go a little long. Let's watch it together, guys. All right. So yeah, yeah. Uh, give me a moment to just do one quick fix on the pig trailer. Talk amongst <laughs> yourselves for a second. What uh, you got going on this week, Rob? Um, I, I'll just be doing the boring nine to five thing, but uh, I'm very much looking forward to doing some more camping this summer. Got back from a camping trip recently, so find myself off in the woods, you know, kayaking. You, camped by, you, you went by, you came camping by yourself? I went with a couple of friends. Oh, okay, okay. But it was great because the weather was perfect, so I was able to just um, sleep in my uh, hammock. Nice. So it was Ooh, that's so, so comfy, so lovely. Mm. All right, guys, you ready for pig times? Pig yes. times. Here we go. Pig. Hit us. Let me know if you can hear it. Good. Yep. <laughs> So if you're listening at home, someone has stolen his pig. Oh no. And he's playing Beautiful old. Beautiful aerial shot. He really yeah. is playing old in this film. I'm looking for a truffle pig. Someone stole her. I don't understand. Tell me you are. You made the right choice being out there in the woods. There's nothing here for you anymore. There's really nothing here for most of us. Buy yourself a new pig. Wow. What are you thinking? I remember every meal I ever cooked. I remember every person I ever served. You live your life for them, and they don't even see you. You don't even see yourself. 
things to really care about. Who has my pig? Pig is real cute, though. Hmm. So, uh, that's all right, Rob, what, what are your got? thoughts? This is the first time you've seen this, right? Yep. I am intrigued. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see this movie. And I mean, it's got to go. I, I really hope that it goes traditional cage, uh, revenge, revenge style. Um, so, I, really, <laughs> I can't wait to see what he does with the chef's knife. <laughs> We, we've got, I mean, so to me, this looks like we've got elements of, of first of all, like John Wick, right? Mm-hmm. We've got Mandy. I don't know. Did you see Mandy? No. Okay. So Mandy is a kind of, it's a revenge movie and it takes place in the woods. Okay. Right? We've got Chef's Table, <laughs> like close-ups of meals we made. Did, and then we've got an, Babe. I'm sorry. Yep. Did an AI write this like popular? It's like, okay, we need to get the millennial crowd involved. And we also like the nostalgia and we also need to go off of what's really hitting on reality TV. Oh no, that's <laughs> fucked up. You're probably right. <laughs> I, I, I watched this preview and I immediately thought though, this is a bait and switch. This is not going to be, gonna a, be, it's not going to be a revenge movie. It's going to be I'm a depressing too. like shit show. We're going to watch it like, ah, oh, waiting the whole, like Wicker Man. You think the whole time, when's he going to bust out the shotgun to start busting heads? It never happens. Mm -hmm. I think you're totally right. I think it's going to be like, they're setting it up and they're going to drop the ball, you yeah. know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that just, that classic piano in there makes you think. It's like, okay, when, and, <laughs> when is he going to start carving? <laughs> and they started off with. Academy Award winner Nicolas Cage at the top yeah, of that that's, preview. That tells you. That tells you what vibe they're going for. <laughs> do we think? All right. What's the over under? Oh, I don't know how we do this. Um, do we think that this gets um some type of award nomination other than a Razzie? No. We <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I we we can we got to do. Do this you think that it it tops fifty percent on Rotten Tomatoes? Oof. That's okay. That's I'm gonna say no. I'm gonna say no. Just because percent is pretty low. I mean, I don't think it's. I bet. All right. You, this I'll say. It's, I'll say. I'll say. Yeah. I'll say it's not gonna. We'll okay. see. We'll see. Time will tell. Time will tell. Time mm -hmm. will tell. We'll come. I'm back. happy to be wrong. I'm happy to be wrong. I think uh, it's gonna. Wrong. I think it's gonna hit 63. Chris, you wanna you wanna pick one? Uh, one point. Closest without going. <laughs> closest without going over. One point. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you what? You think it's gonna be a one percent rate? Prices, prices, right? Prices, right? Rules. Prices, right? Rules. All right, guys. All right, <laughs> guys. Let's wrap this party up. Let's uh, let's let's end our shift on this here ambulance. Uh, and uh, Rob, anything anything going on you want to tell us about in your Just, in your life? Just excited uh, for camping. Excited for camping. Excited to uh, see things opening up. Um, a plea. Get vaccinated. Um, it's great. It's awesome. As you can see, the three of us are now immortal and we'll be uh, hanging out as friends for thousands of years to come. So I that is immortal. just uh, another. <laughs> as you can see, that is not light beaming through on Chris. That is Chris beaming the light out. <laughs> and again, it is not light that you seek. It is fire. 
<laughs> and on that note, guys, we'll be back in two weeks. We're on our every other week schedule. We're, we got Rachel Jane and Twitter famous Rachel Jane Andelman will be here talking about Snake Eyes. I'm so excited for this movie. I hate I, to correct <laughs> you, Mank, but we'll be back in three weeks. Oh. Two weeks is 4th of July. Well, so mm. we'll be back on July 11th with our next episode. 7-Eleven. 7-Eleven, baby. Perfect. And wait, let's all will. let's all end it on an IB bang. IB banging. Ready? Mm-hmm. One, two, Rob, three. Thank you. Before thank we... you, Rob. Thank you, Rob. We love you. Thank you so much for having me. Love you too. One, two, two three, Unlocking the Cage is produced by the Manager Special. Music by Will Janetta. Check out our other shows, as well as sketches, animation, and short films at managerscomedy.com.